Awesome. Hey, Justin. Hey. What's up, JB? I don't know why I called you JB. Actually, I, thought I should. Were, I, th- I thought you were channeling like some kind of discovery nonsense. <laughs> yeah. What's up, J- JB? Yum, Captain yum. JL Picard. <laughs> Oh my god. It's like it's like everybody calls him JV, but like no, nobody calls him JV. Nobody calls him JV. With your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fanholes. Fan Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> Oh boy, a Bashir episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no eyes! <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another star-studded episode, a Borgtastic Federation-erific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by two of my fellow uh, returning Starfleet peoples. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and get off my bridge. And this is Justin. I thought Justin was going to consider getting off the bridge for a minute. So, yeah, so so these guys have strong-armed me into watching Picard Season 3. And the quick Season 3 overview, according to Wikipedia, the third and final season of the American television series Star Trek Picard features the character Jean-Luc Picard in the year... 2401 is that real i don't know as he reunites with the former command crew of the uss enterprise while facing a mysterious new enemy who is hunting picard's son and this ran from february 16th to april 20th 2023 10 episodes on paramount plus so i guess like you, you guys, because I, I mean, I feel like I have to explain this to people. We, we all watched Picard season one. Like that's on fan holes. It's documented. It's probably me yelling and screaming about shit. Maybe it's all of us yelling and screaming about shit. I don't even remember anymore. I did not watch Picard season two. I heard these guys like kind of yuck it up and make fun of Picard season two, but I did not partake in Picard season two. I was not planning on watching card season three because as as it's been probably extrapolated if you've been paying attention to this show i'm a grumpy old man and i don't want to watch anything but these guys said that i should check out picard season three and they wanted to discuss it and there was lots of positive feedback from various you know online sources and stuff like that so i said okay if you guys really want to watch it and uh, or you really want to talk about it like I'm not going to be a 
stick in the mud about it. You know, I'll I'll sit down and watch it, and and I did, and then here we are, basically. But I mean, what I mean, you you guys have stuck with it, so why don't you, I don't know, talk about it? Because I, I I imagine like you were the ones that were saying like, oh, this this is good. So mm-hmm. you know, I guess do you want to go into like you know what your take on it was, and 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 I don't know, maybe. I don't know if there's like a compare and contrast or or whatever you want to, you know, explain to people about sort of where you were coming from as far as that goes. Well, the season three trailer certainly hooked me in because it looked really enticing. Admiral on the bridge and captain on the bridge. You will probably find this inspection boring for the likes of you two boring well we won't be blowing things up taking or engaging in fire crash landing expectedly or unexpectedly those were the days there is something coming battle stations some kind of attack and starfleet could be the target there's a darkness all-consuming darkness. And it is getting stronger. John Luke, trust no one. Jean-Luc Picard. We will have vengeance. You and I have traveled to the far reaches of space. But something's different now. This is the end, my friend. Jordy! Such pathetic old warriors. I, too, was once irrational, violent. Anybody you know, still the person you knew. This is life or death. It's always life or death. John Luke, when has it not been? With each ticking moment, I will take another piece of you. Battle stations! John Luke! Survival. <laughs> Human nature, pal. Fight, or we die. Hold it! Gun it! I need you. All of you. We're with you. Always. Engage! Well, are you enjoying this? Of course not. Are you? And, you know, Mike and I kind of talked about that. We were like, I don't know, bro. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've got it in me to be disappointed for a third time. And then, you know, the first episode hit, and I was like, you know, that that was that was good. And then by, like, episode three, I think Mike and I were like, uh, are we just so abused that we're, like, eating up the little table scraps or something? But then, you know, the further we got into it, we're like, yeah, this is this is good. And then I think, Mike, I think you and I were both shocked at, like, not only was this really good, but it was like better than the Mandalorian. And we were like, what kind of bizarro world did we fall into? Because 
you know, <laughs> Mandalorian season one and two, like those were really strong, fun seasons. And season three was, it was okay. But I think you and I were just like, wow, Picard's like beating the crap out of the Mandalorian. Like we're, we're in bizarro world. Like what's going on? And, you know, I, I kind of, when this was over, I was like, yeah, that was really good. I really like that. I wonder how well it's going to hold up to like me rewatching it, like, you know, two or three times. Like, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like once the initial, like, adrenaline shot and all the feels and everything wears off like how am i going to feel rewatching it and i rewatched it over the past two days and i still really like it like i think it hits all the right uh buttons or the the feels the feel good moments like i i really enjoyed it and it's surprising yeah, like, like you know, Picard season one, I think, like, you know, I, I did re-listen to that episode maybe a couple months ago, like, uh, after, like, season three wrap, because I was like, we were pretty, were we, like, I was like, what did we think of season one? And I think, like, we were desperately, like, we still criticized it, but we were also desperately trying to like it, like, and we were, like, hoping, oh, maybe it'll improve in season two. But then by the when when season two did roll around, season two of Picard is not just a bad Star Trek show. It's bad television. It's yes. a really awful like season. It's it's poorly written. It's poorly everything like it's like it, you and you can tell from watching this season like they knew it like they ignored the shit out of everything, virtually everything that happened in season two. So they knew they did bad. I think yeah, you like, said, like, the only good thing that came out of that was, like, Picard getting ran over by, like, Data's ancestor or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that was a hilarious scene. And uh, like, I, like I, I think that was funny just because I was, like, not enjoying the season at all. And then when, like, you know, Brent Spiner had his little, like, road rage moment, I was <laughs> laughing my ass off when Picard, like, went sprawling across the ground or whatever. But, but yeah, like, same as you, Justin. Like, I, I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, man, like now I, it's, it's like I felt like I was like, yeah, like an, uh, a battered housewife or like I was like being held hostage or something. I was like, oh, that looks like what I wanted this show to be like in the first place. Like, oh, man, I'm going to have to watch it. Like, so then, yeah, like we watched the first couple episodes. I was like, oh, this is not too bad. And I think by episode five, like when Roe came back. I was finally like, okay, this is actually good. This is not just like, you know, it's better than it was. This is like good. This is like 110%. This isn't just like, you know, slowly eking its way into acceptable. Like, so, and then, you know, by the end of the season, I was like, man, that was really good. And I think I said on the message board and, you know, it's like, I wish this were it was the one and only season of Picard, basically. Like, I, I almost wish it was like <laughs> you can go as far back and say, like, you know, I wish these were the only next generation like movies or something like if they had never done movies and they chopped this up into like three blocks and released it as a trilogy or something like you know, that's like how enjoyable and how good it was. And like, maybe, you know, maybe they did hit the member berries a little too hard, but I think they, you know, they made it work. Like they earned all of it. Like, and I, I think the, the best, like the biggest, like I was going to say the most damning, maybe indictment of seasons one and two is that in season three, 
like all the new characters they introduced, I liked every single one of them. Like there wasn't any character I was annoyed by. Like all the new characters, I was like, I want to see more of these new characters. And like, you know, I think that's like probably an indictment of the cast of like season one and season two. But, you know, like I, I'm I know um like Star Trek fans are all, you know, they got the hashtag or whatever, like, you know, make Star Trek legacy happen or whatever. And they want, you know, more adventures of like, you know, seven as captain with Jack Crusher and all those guys on that ship. Like, so like, you know, I, I I'll watch that show. So, I mean, I think that's like, you know, the biggest praise I can like give it as like in general, but, uh, but I think me and me and me and Justin are, well, go ahead, Justin, what were you going to say? I was going to say further to your, like, critique about the new characters like this season actually made Rafi a an actual character that you cared about like season one and two she's there she's totally in your face and she's angry and she's got an attitude and everything and she's just very unlikable and in this season like she's hanging out with Worf she's doing the spy stuff and like her interacting with Worf like it helps sell her to the audience but like it's not just that she's a former drug addict and all this other stuff and she has family issues and stuff, but like, like all that stuff was just like very surface level on her character in the first two seasons. And it's just like, I'm angry. I'm on drugs. Bleh. And they didn't do anything with it. But in here, like they actually do stuff with it and you feel for the character. It's like, she's got all these like accommodations that can never be spoken about because it's like Starfleet intelligence stuff. And then at the end, you know, Worf leaks it. He's like, "Whoever leaked this information is a man of great honor." And, uh, they have a they have a hug and everything. And it's like, not only does her interacting with Worf kind of put her help put her over, but like, they actually like took the time to like make her a well rounded person. Where you're like, okay, I hope she doesn't like get murdered by the you know, space gangster people or whatever. I, I was going to say, like, you know, my my opinion of Raffi, like, in the first episode when she was, like, all strung out and, like, trying to get a hit or something, <laughs> like, speaking to my opinion of Raffi at that time, I was like, oh, what, did she sink even lower? Like, yeah. I was, like that, that's, like, my initial reaction. My gut reaction was, oh, she's gotten even worse. Like, what a surprise. But, yeah, like, they they mostly managed to salvage her, I think, and I think they... They did it in the time-honored faction of uh, fashion of uh, you know, have this character that everyone loves and thinks is cool, Worf say like, no, you are actually cool, and like you know, <laughs> and the audience is like, well, if Worf thinks it, like maybe she is cool, like you know, but but I was gonna say like you know, we obviously now we know obviously how you know me and Justin feel about it, but I think we're both anxious to hear like, what are your thoughts like for good or ill, Derek, like of this? I I was trying to treat this you know, to give myself motivation, because as you guys know, I'm not, I'm not particularly motivated to watch any of this crap. So as a reward, I was like, looking, I was like, oh, Red Letter Media, like reviewed all of this, right? So I was like, okay. So a after the first episode came out, they did a review on it. So I was like, all right, to, to get myself started, I was like, I'm going to watch the first episode. And I'm going to watch their review. And then I decided, even even if I hate every single one of these, my treat is going to be that I'm going to watch the Red Letter Media review. And so I watched the first episode and I kind of went, oh, OK, that was fine. You know, like I, I didn't have any like immense 
problems with it or whatever. And I got to watch the Red Letter Media Review. And, you know, Rich and Mike were both cautiously optimistic and everything. And I was kind of like, okay, like that's fine, whatever. You talked about how these were like, you know, three movies, essentially, right? Uh, I'm just going to say I really liked the first movie. I didn't understand the second movie. And unfortunately, I I get why you guys love all three movies and you like the third movie. But because of all the bullshit we've had to deal with lately, like, I think I was numb to the third movie. Like, all the... All the the member berries you talked about, like, I've been, my tongue's been burnt, so I can't even taste member berries anymore. Like, it doesn't, it, 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 like, just doesn't work on me anymore. It's like, I feel like fucking Jabba the Hutt, you know, like, where I'm like, ho, 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 like, dude, fucking Jedi mind trick shit <laughs> just doesn't work on me, right? And it was funny because the red letter media guys were like, are we compromised? Like, like, are we, are we, um, you know, falling for all the member berry bullshit? And ultimately the conclusion they came to is it doesn't matter because they said, oh, this is really good. And we liked it and we had a good time and who cares if we're compromised? And, you know, I like, like you, what you were just saying, I wish, I wish these were the Star Trek feature films we had gotten instead of you know, the feature films we had gotten. I, I kind of feel like, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm just being counter just to be counter, but like, it made me wonder because my, my gut response was, yes, you guys are compromised. Cause what happened to the, what happened to the Mr. Plinkett that like fucking ripped the new asshole into first contact? Like that's who I wanted to see and, and have some good, you know, criticism of, of what we saw in these 10 episodes. But I think like, just like I'm numb to it. I think like they're tired of doing that. They're tired of breaking shit down and whatever. And I get, I get exactly what Rich says in the beginning where he's like, you know what? I usually write lots of notes when there's things I don't like, and I only have like this half a page of notes. So obviously I liked it, right? I don't have like, you know, five pages of notes because this thing sucked, right? But I don't know. I mean, if 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 you really want to know what I thought, like breaking it down, like one through four, I liked a lot. Like it was satisfying. There were dramatic conflicts. The only thing I was going to ask you guys is, did I did I wipe this from my mind? Like, was was Riker's kid dead in Picard season one? Like, I don't remember anything. Yeah, they 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 had a dead son. Like, they had a daughter and they had a son who died. And they and they set that up in season one. Yeah. Did did it happen on screen? Or no. it was just backstory. No, it was just backstory. Like okay. when he went to okay. visit them, like they just and, 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 and like, they yeah. talk about it. Okay, see, so I I totally like because all I could remember was you know I think it was like who was it the the daughter and um lol or whatever the fuck her name was I forget her name but you know the 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 android chick we're talking about mucus or some shit and I was just kind of like that's all I remember like so I was like was there a son? Like, I don't even remember. Like, you know, I got confused about that. So I couldn't totally remember that. So I, I had forgotten about that. And I kind of felt like 
the only problem I had with that quote unquote first movie was it was like Picard and Riker are like totally on the same page. And then and then they even kind of get seven involved and they're totally on the same page. And for the purpose of dramatic conflict, you've got the new character, Shaw. Right. And he's he's antagonistic about everything they want to do. And you're like, OK, well, that makes sense. Right. And that dramatic conflict, I thought, was really good. Right. Because it's like he's like, no, this is my ship. I want, you know, I'm the captain. I'm doing it my way. Like, we're not going to do things, you know, you know, be wild cowboys and go off on adventures and all this other shit. And that conflict made perfect sense to me. The minute Shaw gets taken out and has to go to sick bay and is like, look, you got us into this fucking mess, Riker, you got the command codes. And I was kind of like, oh, cool. Like Riker gets to do some cool shit and whatever. Right. Then immediately it, it shifted and became like Riker and Picard had to be in constant conflict. And I was like, but you guys were like bosom fucking buddies. Like, all up until that, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like they were like all on the same page up until that point. And then all of a sudden, all of Riker's skeletons in the closet fell the fuck out. And like, then they all became, you know, oh, you're afraid and you fucked this shit up, old man. Get off the fucking bridge. You killed us all. You know, and I was just kind of like, like that kind of stuff I thought was like, well, I get it, but. I mean, I get the the logic, the emotional logic behind all that stuff, but then I did feel like since Shaw was out of the picture, like they had to force that conflict a little bit. But like, I agree with you guys. I like Sydney; she's really cute. I like Shaw. I think Jack is pretty fucking cool, even though I think my gut reaction is what. But then, like, you know, I was like, no, he's he's cool. I get it. Like, like I I understand all that stuff, right? So. Those first four episodes, that first movie, I completely understood the positive response. Like I went, oh, I get why Rich and Mike are like, yeah, this this is I'm cautiously optimistic. This is pretty damn good. I didn't have a lot of notes on it. And I feel the same way. I, I don't I don't have a lot of notes on it. I get why you guys recommended it. Like, I understand why it was something that you know, I don't know, turned a curve or or tried to right the wrongs of the previous shitty seasons or, you know, whatever it was. The next two quote unquote films, like episodes five through seven and eight through 10 is where I kind of fell apart for me. Five through seven. I don't, I don't know. It might be, it might be a shortcoming on my part. Like I just, it didn't make much sense to me. Like I don't like this is where I wanted the red letter media, where I wanted the Mr. Plinkett to like do a deep dive analysis and rip it to shit because I don't understand like. OK, like. What is the actual villain plot like because I don't understand it like. The changelings. Who aren't the changelings who are a rogue faction of changelings but not the odo changelings of the great length right like i i know i know there's that aspect where you're like oh great this doesn't have any weird you know ice politics and 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 political spins and whatever but to me i've always felt like and this goes i don't know I want to say as far back as like the first guardians of the galaxy movie or anything else where it comes up in to me defining 
the bad guy as a rogue faction. It's not the Kree that are the bad guys. It's this rogue Kree group of extremists led by Ronan. Like that, by definition, is a political spin. Like v- Vatic and and you know, I'm like, what it what was was Vatic a changeling? I think so. Like, but then they go into her backstory, and it's like, well, she's she look she's a changeling that got tortured, that was part of the the institute or what the daystrom secret ops black ops thing but then she decides to look like the person the scientist who tortured her or merged with the science i don't you know whatever like a bunch of shit that like maybe i wasn't paying close enough attention but like i'm like okay fine like do i care about that like i don't know and so you've got this rogue group of changelings that are mad that their toe was stubbed by the Federation, they want vengeance on the Federation. So then, she she chops off her hand, and then it turns into what? Like, is she talking to to her boss at the Great Link? Well, we know it's not Odo because Worf straight up says, "Oh no, Odo, the great noble man that he is, warned us." Okay, so it's not anyone from the Great Link, is it? And then, sorry, jumping ahead to eight through ten, is it? Is it the Borg? Like, w- was that the Borg Queen in her hand? Like, was it something else? Like, and to go even further, why, like, my head explodes and I really wanted, like, somebody to do a deep dive on it was, why are the Borg and this group of rogue changelings even working together? Like, how did that happen? Like, what, did they, once they escaped out of jail, they just drove up to the Borg fucking cube and was like, hey, bro, you want to team up? Oh, yes, let's team up. Like, what? Like, what? I I don't, I mean, and, and what, and again, this is what blows my mind about team-ups, because team-ups with villains always ends with one getting stabbed in the back. Like, what did the rogue, like, what is Vatic and the rogue, like, what are they, what do they think is going to happen once the Borg gets their way? And what is the Borg's plan? The Borg's plan is to they 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 took over Picard as Locutus and they waited what 40 fucking years for a second generation of kids to be like I don't know, Picard fucked Beverly, and then apparently everybody who fucked everybody else now has little Borg cooties or some shit, and so they now can all get taken over. And I'm like, well, wait, the conspiracy originally was that the Changelings had infiltrated every level of the Federation, and that's why Roe shows up. But if the Changelings infiltrated all of it, then what... What do the changelings need with the fucking Borg? And if the Borg's plan is to to um, turn all the youth against the I don't know the elderly people who don't have the Borg cooties, then then their plan was to take all the ships, blow away the defense grid, and then shoot all the major cities on Earth. Right? Well, don't Borgs assimilate? Like, what? Why would you? Blow, I don't know. I'm 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 just like that that part of it. Like I really wanted if even if it's not red letter media, I really wanted to see somebody just kind of break that apart. And I guess it's up to me because I don't that that part of it, like I've that's why I felt like that part, like I thought um and I'm gonna call her honey bunny instead of Vatic, because I don't, you know, I was like honey bunny. Um 
but like Honey Buddy, I thought she was good. Like, like I thought she was a good villain. Like it's somebody you love to hate, right? Like when when they when when uh, you know Seven is like get off my bridge, and she you know gets sent out and and breaks into a million pieces, and you see her die. I was like, yeah, good. But of course, that made me question. Like, that's. That's something that's satisfactory in terms of a movie, but like I kind of wondered if there was going to be some kind of like this is not Star Trek, this is not Federation, you know, kind of criticism. And I don't think there was from anybody. I think everybody was fine with it, or at least I felt that way from like popular reaction and reception. And and you know, so that kind of I guess. Uh, not that I have a problem with it, but I just thought that that sort of surprised me, like because I figured, you know, there'd be like some kind of thing of, oh, the Federation doesn't do stuff that way or, you know, but you know how they can't. I, I don't know. Richard might constantly talk about their they're tired of the whole Section 31 and everybody in the Federation is secretly evil and all this other stuff. Right. And 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 then I thought it was funny because, like, I wondered for me, right, like even going through all that. I kind of wondered, like, am I compromised in the reverse way, right? Because for me, I feel like I've watched all this, like, awful fucking shit, and I'm I'm acknowledging the bias, right? Because I feel like my taste buds for member berries were burned. So I don't think I felt like you or Justin or Rich or Mike, like, in that last movie. Because the last movie, that was all the... That was where they front loaded all the, mem- you know, that's when that's when the band gets back together and all the crew members are all, you know, together. And they've got the all, the, the fucking Geordie's thing with all the different ships. And you're supposed to be like, holy shit, look, it's fucking Voyager. And it's the fucking bird of prey from fucking uh, the voyage home. And it's fucking uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the original Enterprise and the Enterprise D. And like, you're supposed to be like, oh, this is the fucking greatest shit ever. And 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 they've got um I don't know, like, you know, just just all this like member, you know, they're on the bridge of of the Enterprise D and you're supposed to like be like, you know, that I think was supposed to be comparative to if if I can compare it to anything, I think I was supposed to feel like I felt when I saw Luke walking down that hallway at the end of Mandalorian season two. And because I had that experience already and because that experience was pooped away by the book of Boba Fett, it makes me think of like, Mike, you, you mentioned this like a long time ago where I think you said something to the effect of, you know, Oh, well, Picard season three, they're doing it right. You know, they, that, you know, they're, they're, you know, and, and it's something that I think uh, Mike and Rich talk about in their review, like everyone in the cast is, you know, they're old, but they, they can still all function, right? They can all be actors and, and they could all appear together and nobody wrote some tell all book about the other or nobody has like any major bad blood with the other. So you can have all these people on the you know, the bridge of the Enterprise D and they can take promo shots together and it and it all works and everything. And and you kind of said something to the effect of this is this is that done right. Like they they did good. They gave us, you know, th- this is the moments they gave us those 
those member berries or whatever it is that that or or even that like we're we're riding the ship like we fixed this thing that you know originally you know if you look at I don't know when they first did San Diego Comic Con and they announced it it's like Picard or uh, fucking Stewart you know had all the like I'm not gonna be in a uniform I don't want to go on the ship I don't want to tug my fucking shirt down I don't want to do all this shit. Like, these are my rules. I don't want to do any of the stuff that people actually want to see. I don't want to be a trained monkey. Right. Well, guess what? In season three, they did all the trained monkey shit. And, and, and guess what? Red letter media clapped and everybody fucking clapped. Maybe I didn't clap because, you know, like I said, I'm compromised or whatever. Right. But for the most part, it seemed like it was very successful. Right. But my problem with that is, and this is, you know, this is to be seen. Right. But like, if everything you guys loved about the end of season three w- was was in those final episodes, like all those member berries, the fact that it ends on them playing poker and, and doing the whole nine yards, right? The problem is, for me, I felt like that at the end of Mandalorian season two. If that was the end, like if there was nothing else after Mandalorian season two and I didn't know any better, to know that there's other crap in Book of Boba Fett and everything else that to me ruined it all, right? Then I would have been completely satisfied and content, and I would have had this, like, I I mean, it was like uh, uh, an epiphany-type moment. And if Star Trek fans had that moment at the end of this season, then, one, I'm happy for them, but, two, it's a very tenuous thing because what happens the next time... I don't know, Kurtzman runs a show and does the same shit that this showrunner did to all of his shit. What happens the next time they do a Star Trek Legacy episode and Brent Spiner needs some money for a fucking down payment on another yacht or some shit and he shows up and then, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, fucking Discovery Klingons that he has butt sex with or what, you know, it's like something stupid that can ruin this all. Like, it, it it's very easy to do like like if 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 there's a bunch of dumb cameos in this star trek legacy show where they all have stupid fucking one-liners or if kurtzman gets involved again or all this other stuff so you could have all this positive reception which i think you know the the original return of luke skywalker got a lot of positive buzz but they shit the bed when they kept moving forward with it. And I'm not saying like they're going to do like a Picard season four because they're like, this is the last season or whatever. But I'm just saying it it could easily go the other way. So to me, I'm kind of like, well, don't count your chickens before they're hatched because this could easily get undone just like everything else was undone for season one and season two or quote unquote fixed. And I guess like, I don't know, like, you know how like they, they they complained about like the pew pew bullshit like in season one like where it's like oh the 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 alien um what is it the 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 robot octopus is from the other dimension and they keep cutting to like those battles with twenty million ships where you feel like no emotional connection to it and it's just a bunch of pew pew bullshit and I'm kind of like isn't that what the end of this was too I mean it was just a bunch of people that were uh, Maxi Zundweeby by the Borg because they were, you know, of of the youthful generation, right? So they got the little, I don't know, Borg veins instead of 
you know, being actually assimilated, right? But then they all line up and do that, like, uniform figure skating thing, and then they pew-pew, right? I mean, isn't that what happened at the end of that, too? Like, the, there was just a bunch of pew-pew shit. Like, so I don't, I don't know, like, that that part of it, I, I don't see as any different from, like, the climaxes of a lot of other shows. And when I, when I, and I don't know how you guys feel about this or not, but, like, when when I kept thinking about it, I was kind of like, if I had taken the time, like, I, I mean, okay, part of me kind of gets it. It's like, oh, the Borg, you got to do the Borg. But then it's like, you know, the dumb shit where they're like, well, you haven't heard from the Borg in 20 years. And I'm kind of like, no, fuck you, man. Like, I didn't even watch season two. And I know the Borg were in fucking season two. So don't tell me you haven't heard from them in fucking 20 years. Like, that's bullshit, right? And then, like, the Borg, like... I don't know. I can't I can't wrap my head around why the Borg and these rogue changelings decided to team up because I'm kind of like and 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 then it started me going down this rabbit hole of well, if I'm such a, you know, Star Trek nerd, like what would I do instead? And I was kind of like, you know what? Like if they're if they're so busy fixing stuff and doing like member berry fixing things, like you know what maybe I would have done like, and this is me just backseat driving or whatever, but I'm like, dude, what if you, what if you had the Borg team up with those like real conspiracy dudes? Like, remember those guys where they forgot all about them and they had the little like, you know, creepy critters that were inside the dude's chest and they blew that one guy's head away or whatever. Like what if instead of like, what if the changelings teamed up with those guys and then, you know, some of the fleet are compromised because not only are changelings there, but they have, like, the little conspiracy critters inside certain Starfleet admirals. Like, could you imagine, like, Tuvok, and then it's all of a sudden, it's like, Rrr! it's the little, like, dude inside them or whatever. I don't know. If you're, like, fixing member berries or some shit, because, like, that was... That was something that I had thought of or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's just stupid. But I get why they're like, oh, you got to have the Borg because the Borg is like the biggest thing ever. And and it has to be the Borg, you know, and I was kind of like, I don't know. It's, it it kind of reminds me of like, you know, it's like they, they shot the Wolverine load in the first X-Men movie. You know, they did the the whole Wolverine arc. It's like he was a loner and then he teams up and then he's part of a team and he learned his lesson and had his arc. And I'm like, okay, that's great and everything. But then what happens when you actually tell that real solo Wolverine story from the comics by the time you make the movie of it, then then what's your arc? Do you know what I mean? Then the arc's like, oh, he's sad because Jean Grey's dead. And he's sad. And then he learns not to be sad. And I'm kind of like, well, that's not that's not the same thing, right? Like, so, but um, I don't know. Like, like for, for me, like I I um I understand why there was a, a super positive reception to it. I did really, really like the first four episodes of it. You know, I thought it was satisfying, dramatic. I um, I liked all the new characters. I don't know. Like, maybe, again, I, I still have the bad taste in my mouth. Like, I, I wasn't particularly happy to see Rafi back. If, if you're saying that Worf gets her over, maybe he does, but... I mean, that's more at Worf's expense than to her benefit, I feel like. Cause the the minute the minute 
I saw that Shaw was dead, I was like, okay, like there's some good moments there, right? Where he, he has the vid for seven of nine. And I was like, okay, that's kind of touching. And I like that. But then seven of nine gets on the bridge and then Raffi's the first. I was just like, oh, fuck me, man. Like, honestly, I got to say, like, people can be like hashtag Star Trek legacy all they want. Like, that's enough for me to be like, no, thank you. I, I don't I don't care. No, thank you. Like, I, I don't need that. And I like Sydney and I like Jack, but I'm like, no, Shaw. And 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 it doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, but whatever. Anyway, but um, sorry, I don't mean to be like a fucking asshole about it. But that's that that's my take on it. Forgive me. At some point, asshole became a substitute for charm. Well, I, I was just going to say to your earlier point about like the Borg's like plan and the, like, you know, I, the Borg queen says something like, oh, we're not about assimilation anymore. We're about evolution. So like, I feel like, you know, the Borg's new plan is to like, you know, and, you know, they infected all like the youth and whatever, and they were going to have them all breed and make like new, like organic, like Borg or something like, or, you know, something, you know, and, Maybe well, where, where are they going to breed if they blow up all the major cities? I don't, I don't I, understand. I, I don't know. I don't, they they would have they would have hashed it out. I don't know, but and I, I guess you know, like you said, I think like you know, Vatic's like sect of changelings was just like a rogue faction or whatever. So I mean, like, like you know, they maybe the they reached out to the Borg, the Borg reached out to them, and you know, the the Queen is pretty much in dire straits at that point because she you know she's they say like she's cannibalizing all the borg on her cube to keep herself alive or whatever so maybe she does need like agents or something that like she does need allies for one well, and, and that that i thought was interesting too because it's like okay if you need agents fine but then why is vatic shitting her pants when she talks to the thing in her hand if that's in fact the borg queen like because I, I don't, you know, like either either she's on her last leg and she needs agents or she can smite them at any time. Like, but it, to me, maybe it's an extreme, but I'm like, it, it's either one or the other. And I, I did think it was kind of. I mean, how many fucking rogue changelings can like, I mean, I get it. The reason why they were so rare on Deep Space Nine was because the technology and they didn't want to spend the money to do the changeling effect. And I get that. But there was something about them on Deep Space Nine where you didn't see them very often. And to me, it seemed like even in the Dominion War, the the actual changelings, the founders, like not only were they regarded as gods by everybody who who served under them, but I mean, at best, what what were there like? 20 of them 12 of them like like it didn't seem like there was a whole lot the whole point was they were hunted to extinction and that's why they went off to the far end of the whatever it was gamma quadrant and and um and 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 built this whole anti-federation because they figured solid people sucked ass and they were gonna you know make their own you know uh, uh you know organization or whatever where you know they, they had liquid people and they'd be awesome right and like just it, it, what I don't get is like th th this is the thing where I feel like no thought was put into it because it's like Vatic has those henchmen 
And then they, they have that discussion of, are those henchmen changelings? And apparently the answer is yes, because when they take over the bridge, not only does Vatic, you know, changeling into the turbo lift, but one of her little minion dudes changelings into the turbo lift. So then the assumption is all those guys with the, I don't know, those hench guys or whatever they are, those are all changelings. Those are all rogue changelings that were tortured and have a beef with the Federation, right? And I'm like, all of those guys? Like, like I, I don't know, like, I, and, and, then, and then she shoots one of them that talks smack to her, right? Like, because they're, they're, they're having that one thing and they're, they're fighting back and forth. And eventually at some point she just, you know, the guy talks too much lip to her and she blows him away. Right. And then she keeps smoking her cigarette and says, okay, you, you know, you take the calm and go do whatever. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, it makes me think back to like, remember when like, it was like ape must not kill ape or changeling wouldn't harm change. I mean, that's why they never fucking killed Odo outright. Like, cause he was a quote unquote traitor because they wanted him to come back and join the fucking great link. Like, cause they, they didn't murder their own kind. But here you've got somebody who was tortured and fucked up and kills one of her underlings who is a changeling. Like, aren't they all founders then? Aren't they all gods? Like, why is there one bad guy that's above the other that that doesn't make any sense to me either so like that that part of it i don't know i just you know the, the, a lot of that stuff doesn't compute to me like if it was me i would have said like you know what okay fine make vatic the changeling but you know what maybe make all these other guys that are covered in in robes and rags and shit maybe at some point have war for somebody like punch one of them or whatever the rag falls off and you're like oh shit that's a gem hadar you know or or oh shit that's a you know a wayun motherfucker or so you know something else that like they they, they also are you know, loyal to the rogue cause or something like that because they view them as gods, but they, they can't all be fucking changelings. But anyway, whatever. So, sorry. I don't know. I, I suppose, like, you know, the motivations of the enemy alliance could have been more, like, explored, like, more closely. But I, I think, you know, they were they were saving the Borg for, like, you know, the end, like, wham or whatever. But, and... Uh, honestly it wasn't much of a wham because i was like you know by the you know eighth or ninth episode i was like well who the fuck could it possibly be other than the borg like because i mean who else is like big enough like who who would be the big bad other than the borg and i know you you suggested the little like chest burster like guys or whatever but like i don't know like even even star trek fans would be like you know, oh them like i i don't know i feel like they're not like big enough like you know they're not like oh it's them like maybe they they would require more setup ahead of time like but every yeah. the borg have been a part of picard like you know for all three seasons so like i mean and and last like i was so scared because when i realized it was gonna be the borg and like you know you hear that like in episode nine you hear like the queen talking to to jack or whatever and i was kind of like oh man i hope we don't have to see gerardi's dumbass face again because like you didn't watch season two Derek, but gerardi became the new borg queen at the end of season two and i was like oh man i hope they don't bring her back but then thankfully it was alice krieg and like i was like oh good it's the real borg queen good and they just ignored whatever they did with gerardi or whatever so like you know that that's fine 
But like again, like by that point, I was like, well, it has to be the board because like who else is it gonna be? Like I mean, they had Q last season, and like they 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 did they did a fix on that too because Q quote unquote died at the end of last season or said he was dying. And, you know, you know, they had that after credit scene where Jack was like, you know, I thought you were dead. And Q was like, that was bull. That was season two bullshit. Like, motherfucker. Like, you know, like that, that was like, you know, that there's another fix or whatever. But I, I don't know. Like, I like I get what you're saying. But like, I think like to achieve the effects, the dramatic effects they wanted, it could only be like like that, basically. Wait, I mean, but then then if that's your starting point, then then. Uh, to me then then why the rogue changelings like like or at least explain like what what does one like i i just wish there was something that explained like i i don't know it's not good enough to me to be like their toes were stubbed because they got tortured like i need something more than like you know why do those guys think like working together is going to benefit the other like I could understand if the Borg Queen uses and abuses the rogue changelings like tissue paper, but like, what is what are the change like? Oh, it, it, is the like if the only thing the changelings care about is like just they want to see Earth burn, then like okay that makes sense to me. But then what doesn't make sense is if the Borg are all about evolution, like what? Why do they want to burn? Like they're not burning the Earth. They're in fact saving the youth so that they can evolve and all become Borg. Like, I, I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's just me, but I, I just, you know, I think I sort of, I dug what they were doing, like I said, in the first four episodes in that first movie. But I, I, I guess for me, it didn't, it's not bad. Like, it's good. Like, but it's just, I don't know, too much patching and fixing and you know like it's it's like i don't know like i guess what i'm saying is for me it's too little too late like you're you you're not gonna you're not gonna win me back over or whatever like i don't i don't think i'll ever watch this again like i'm not i'm not as enthused about it as like you know mike and rich were you know what i mean like i you know i just you know it's it it, it was fine i thought i thought you know it was it was it was fun like to a certain degree and then i have to be honest like after a certain point it was kind of like just noise that didn't didn't do too much for me and and like i i guess i feel bad about that because i guess i'm supposed to be like oh my god they're on the bridge of the d like that's so great and i'm just kind of like i don't fucking care you know like i just don't like like i don't care that they're on the fucking carpet you know like i don't i don't know i just it wasn't it you know to, to me, it wasn't like anything that that blew my. I mean, you, you know, you weren't broken down enough, Derek. I think you didn't watch season two, so I think like like you and me and Justin, you weren't broken down far enough that like this seemed like a quantum leap. <laughs> but but that's that's the fucking problem. It shouldn't, <laughs> dude. You can't like. Cause, cause, cause the husband didn't beat the wife hard enough. Like you're supposed to be cool with just a backhand instead of a punch to the face. I mean, it's fucking stupid either way. Right. Like, I mean, the, both of those things are not good, you know, like, I don't know, man, but I don't know. Justin, yell at me. Tell me I'm a big duty head. Say something. You're a big duty head. Okay. Keep going. No. 
No. Do that. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. No, but look, I don't. I guess I don't see this as a like. You know, you're, you're saying it's like a backhand, but I don't. I don't even see it as that. It's a like. You know. It's a, a. I feel like it's an open hand, and it's like, a, like here, like we're sorry. Okay, like, okay, like, that's like, fine. Like you that's know, let, fine. let then, us then like, let us like pick you up from the floor and like dust off your jacket and like bring you a like seat to sit in and stuff, and, and we'll make this right, like basically. And, and all I'm saying is, it's only gonna be a matter of time before the person starts beating on you again. Like, like <laughs> that's that's all. This, this is all flim flammery shammery like like that's that's how it always works they say i'm so sorry baby i'll never do it again and they will they, they totally will so i don't know i guess I, I guess i don't like judge what's not happened yet so mm. like yeah like we'll we'll see like maybe like you're right you'll be right in like in a year like i'll be like oh like they went back to the well and they 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 tried to get the water from the well again, and this time it was like rancid and shit. Like it was like gross. Like it was gross, dirty water, and you know, too bad. But this, this, I think they they went to the well and they came up with fresh water this time. So like you know, even though it was technically old water, but it was still like this is the water like we haven't touched in like twenty or thirty years or whatever. So. You know, here's the like. Instead of like, we got bad. I'll get off the water analogy, but like, I don't know. I, I think this is something that was like needed, and just because you know it, it was a patch job and it was like you know, uh, it was a lot of apologizing and stuff. I think you know, I think that there was a lot of life in the cast. I think they had fun doing this. Like, I think all the performance. Like, I I think they took like some lessons from like previous, like, you know, next generation movies. And like, they made use of the ensemble. Like, I think everyone, all seven of them had something important to do. Mm -hmm. Had like, yeah. you know, they had, they all had a scene. Like I, I know what's her name. Like, I think they said it in that red letter media review, but like Gates McFadden was like, you know, I, I read the script to this and like, I loved it because I had stuff to do. Like, you know, I had yeah. re real acting to do in it. Like, so, you know, yeah, it Especially in that last episode, like everyone has a key part to play, you know, like uh, Dr. Crusher is there like firing weapons and everyone's all like surprised that she's like spot on. And she's like, hey, a lot happened in 20 years. Uh, Jordy gets to be in command. Data is the only one who can like fly the ship and trust his gut. Uh, Troy is the only one who can like use her abilities and uh, locate everyone on the ship as it's, as it's exploding you know, Worf and Riker are there to kind of like fight the Borg and make their way back to Picard and, you know, get the get the data and everything. And Picard has to like save his son. So everyone has a has a little piece of the puzzle to contribute to. And if, if one of them wasn't there, like if they messed up and they didn't have data or, you know, if Worf got left behind on the Titan or something like the whole plan would have crumbled on top of itself. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, I think that's the stuff that people are most responding favorably to. I mean, it, it's it's a vehicle for that crew, that era, you know, like what you're saying, like everybody gets, you know, they, they didn't, it, it, you know, unlike a lot of the movies, it didn't, it wasn't just the Picard show or the data show, right? It was, it was the crew of the Enterprise show. And, and that's another thing that people are responding favorably to. That's why you're saying, oh, I wish this was... I wish this was one of the movies instead of, you know, the the theatrical movies that we got, right? Yeah, like I mean, I think, like I said, I, I 
and it, like again, a lot of it is just like apologizing or like fixing things that like really like irreparably broken and stuff. But it's like you know all the new characters. Like I, I think if this was handled by a different like creative team or like you know it would have been like the usual like like you guys like say like new Trek or whatever where you know Shaw would have been you know toxic white male captain and that would have been the end of him or whatever but like he has three dimensions you know you mm -hmm. learn more about him he's a three-dimensional character and stuff and you know i think you know you would have had stupid ass shit like you know like you know sydney would have like done like you know some uh, i you know what what would have happened if this was still like you know doing by the same exact creative team as like season two and season one it's it would probably be like <laughs> jacqueline crusher or something or and mm -hmm. it would be like a female like he would have a daughter or something and like i mean maybe maybe i'm sounding i don't know sexist or i'm not like you know i'm i'm trying to like uh it would be something that where it would come off as annoying rather than like, I don't know, like I, Jack Crusher, I liked him. Like, I think he was like charming. And the thing is he didn't like, he was cool and shit. He got to do cool shit. He had like superpowers. He was the one chosen one special one, but in the end, like he had to be rescued at the end. And like, you know, when Picard had to go in there and like save him and stuff. So it wasn't like he wasn't the, you know, Michael Burnham chosen one who like mm. is the best ever or whatever. Like they, they balanced it out nicely. So I, I mean, I also liked it. The last two episodes, like there's a reason to use the enterprise D and the old folks, like whether or not you think it's a good reason, like it's at least there. It's like, Oh, everyone under 25 got, bio assimilated mm -hmm. the enterprise d is the only ship that's not connected to like this you know fleet program that they're using I'm like okay like that i buy that like to me that's like a good workaround instead of just being like why are these old folks here in their old ship to save us i don't know just go along with it no they kind of gave they gave it a reason and i i, I appreciated their reasoning i think i think the reasoning is really strong on the the the, the Enterprise crew and the Enterprise D end of things. I guess I'm just being overly harsh on the, you know, the bad guy end of it too. So, well, think of it this way: uh, the Borg are kind of old whores anyway. They'll team up with anybody. They'll team up with the Romulans, the Cybermen, <laughs> Janeway. So they got a history of like bad team ups. Well, but but see, the Borg. I think it makes sense, right? But everything you're saying is why it doesn't compute to me. Because don't these rogue changelings like read up on shit? Don't they realize that every team up the Borg has ever had has ended with the other party getting effed over? Like, what do they think they're gonna get out of it? You know, like, that's that's the part of it that doesn't compute for me. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like if I said, hey, dude, you wanna team up with the Borg? And you'd be like, um, I don't know, like, uh, how, how is this going to work out for us? Because the last time they teamed up with Janeway, they didn't exactly, uh, you know, didn't exactly work out well for, I, for the parties. I guess may, they didn't reach the point in their alliance where, like, someone would betray someone else because, like, Vatic gets killed, like, in episode eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. So maybe if it went on a little longer, you know, maybe she had a contingency plan or something or... Or they would have been, you know, the Borg queen would have betrayed them. But 
I don't know. It just didn't reach that point. So, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think it's like, you know, maybe it, maybe you're just like, uh, uh, I was going to say like complaining about stuff that like didn't happen basically, like, I guess. Okay. But no, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, like maybe it doesn't make sense to you based on like, you know, what had happened, but I don't, I just think it, it, we were too, they didn't have a lot. Maybe if this was like a 22 episode season or something, they'd have like, they'd have to go back and forth and like make a bunch of twists and turns and like changes in alliance and all that. But they didn't have that time. So like, you know, I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I was really impressed that they killed Vatic off at like episode eight. Cause I, I felt like she didn't like overstay her welcome almost like she was, you know, and, and, you know, she wasn't like, super best like star trek villain ever but i think she had the attitude like i don't don't know what it is but she she had the like presence of a usual star trek villain i feel Mm -hmm. like that i feel has is lacking like in a lot of modern star trek villains but yeah and she's to me she's better than sauron and um uh f murray abraham and um shinzon like she's way better than those guys yeah, it, I did. It, it, it's sad to say that about F. Murray Abraham because he's so such a great actor. Yeah, and then yeah. Sauron too. I mean, I, they did the best with that material. But like uh, Amanda Plummer is definitely like chewing the scenery and having fun, and it it doesn't come across as cheesy or lame or anything either. I mean, she she sold the um, she sold the Eric Bana lines better than Eric Bana, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know? Good afternoon. I believe it is afternoon in Soul System. <laughs> if if I did have a, a criticism, it would be um they've only got like four sets that they keep using, and they've got the the Titan Bridge and the sets on the Titan. They've got Space Crime Planet. They've got that ten forward bar, and then I guess they've got those sets on the Shrike or whatever. And I get it, like. Between getting the old TNG crew back together and rebuilding the Enterprise D bridge and then the special effects for the last episode, I'm sure they like blew through their money and they needed to reuse those sets. That's probably why we don't have any like – well, th- there's two. That's probably why there's only like two traditional-looking assimilated Borg. Like they just probably didn't have the money for like – you know. Uh, first contact level of like a whole bunch of extras like running around in Borg outfits. So I guess they had to like save money by like reusing a bunch of sets. Like that bar is from like season two of Picard. So I I guess that's either a, a place they could revisit or it was still standing and they could just go back to it or whatever. But I'm guessing they needed to like save money and I get it, but I just kind of wish that there was like a couple more sets that they could like go and if they're, if you're going to have a conversation, like go somewhere else and talk for a little while. Like I kind of got tired of them going back to the bar every now and then that they needed to have a little, you know, a card and a crusher chat. That's their, that, that's their safe space, Justin. That's their, their, what do they call it in the, their, uh, the little scream room or whatever the fuck they call those these days. I mean, that's what that is, right? I mean, that's what they were talking about. Like, they're like, oh, even when, even when all the power on the ship is compromised, people can still come here and just take solace, you know? And I was just kind of like, oh, 
okay like that that i don't know but yeah i really i thought the music was really good too like i really like the score to this season yeah i listened to it on youtube a while back and it's 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 good it definitely like borrows little bits of the movies and tv shows like when they're at the fleet museum like you hear a little bit of like original series deep space nine and voyager and i was like oh that's nice and then they kind of like pay homage to like you know the motion picture you know two three uh i think i heard a little bit of maybe star trek six in there at one point like there's one scene where like they they use a little like i call it the vulcan music from the end of star trek three where they're like it's like kind of percussions or something and you know they're trying to like you know do the mind meld with uh spock and mccoy like i heard that during i forget what scene it was but i was like ooh, i know that piece of music so even the music is kind of like playing on your your emotions but i i appreciated that for the most part like that the end in credits where it's like showing you like the readout of the of the titan and the cloaking device and like the music playing over that like i really like that like i watch those in credits every episode i was like i like this when you guys were watching this in real time did you guys i mean i know mike was saying oh it had to be the borg or whatever but like did you guys have any other discussions because i know there was it sounded like from watching the red letter media videos, there was some discussion over the the whole red eyes thing, and that you know some people thought maybe it might have been the paw wraith because the changelings were involved, so they thought maybe it was going to be another like deep space nine big bad or something like that. Like was was that ever? Did you guys ever discuss that? Was that even a thing, or were you just like, no, this is always going to be the Borg? I remember reading a lot of fan theories like the um conspiracy bugs like that was a theory and i was like i could kind of see that and then another theory was um armis i was like okay that that would be interesting but kind of like you guys were saying like i I don't know like is a is a normie casual gonna remember the slick monster that killed tasha like i don't know like guys like us we would definitely remember that that guy but like i don't know if he would be impactful enough I don't know. I just kind of went with it. I didn't. I didn't think too much about who he would be. I think Mike and I kind of joked about it would be someone kind of lame or something. But I don't know. Yeah, like I, I think the paw rights crossed my mind, but I, I was kind of like, I think I was kind of like, it would be weird to have the paw rights and not have like, I don't know, like Cisco show up right, or something. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. Yeah, I remember one guy had a crazy theory where it was um red jack from the original series episode oh the the jack the ripper type yeah his his evidence was like he's like dude uh when data hands lower the deck of cards the bottom card is a red jack and i was like that's funny but that's it there no that that's not gonna happen like it, it can't be some like old uh original series villain that you know again normies are probably gotten, not gonna be aware of like oh the main villain of picard season three is a jack the ripper like what the heck like yeah like i like i said i i just i ultimately i concluded i was like it has to be the board because dramatically you know the through line doesn't make any sense without it being the board basically like who else is that involved aside from q like who else is really that involved with picard like on a personal level so 
And I mean, you know, the Borg might be kind of played out and stuff by this point. But I mean, I think it was fine, like because this maybe this is the final like real defeat of the Borg, you know, after they've been finally really defeated like 50 million times. Like wasn't like I didn't see it, but isn't like the they said it in the Red Letter Media review, like didn't Janeway like finally kill the Borg like forever? Like, well, well that, that was a that was like an alternate timeline oh, okay. thing. No, that happened, and that's why they're in the state they are in this episode. But wasn't she, like, a billion years old in that thing that they were referencing? Like, Okay, in the series finale of Voyager, the future Admiral Janeway travels back to bring Voyager home, you know, what, 15 years earlier or something? Because, like, Tuvok gets sick, uh, Chakotay dies or something, or Seven dies, I forget. But, like, Admiral Janeway gets assimilated, but she's got something in her that, like, messes up the Borg, and that's why the Queen falls apart and their transwarp network and everything blows up. Like, that's why the Borg are eating themselves alive in Picard Season 3. Like, okay. that's all that's left Okay. Yeah, look, I, I had assumed I was like, because I, I had never seen that Voyager stuff, but I was like, well, it seems like the Borg are finally like on their last legs because like the Borg in season two, like a Picard that like Gerardi takes control of. That's like the past Borg, isn't it? Or or some, I forgot, like there's some timeline. Yeah. shit. There's... See, the Borg Queen in season two was from an alternate reality. Remember or, that yeah, fascist like another reality? timeline. Yep. Yeah, they, they pick her up. And they go back to the 20th century, and then she starts making her own little drones, and then Gerardi basically becomes the new Borg queen, but she calls her Borg the Gerardi, and that's the Borg you see at the very beginning of season two, like that that giant diamond-shaped ship yeah, or whatever uh -huh. that saves them, and then the Gerardi, led by Gerardi, confusing and stupid, I know. <laughs> Dr. Like, Murderface? yeah. They save the fleet from that giant burst of radiation or whatever it is, and then they fuck off to nowhere. Like, there's even a line in this season where, like, Shaw says something about, like, you know, this is the real Borg. Like, this, you know, not those, like, fake Gerardi guys that, that you guys met a few years ago or something. Mm. Forget about all that weird shit of the Stargazer. The real Borg are still out there, and they have a name for you. Locutus of Borg. That's that's that was so my then, biggest. So then, that does that then? I guess that then validates what Crusher, Beverly Crusher, saying like they they didn't hear from the quote unquote real Borg for the last twenty years. Yeah. And and the last twenty years is, you know, Janeway did her giant fucking fart on the Borg or whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was so scared, like I said, in episode eight or nine. I was like, oh, we're going to have to see Gerardi's stupid face again. But then I was like, no, wait, that sounded like Alice Krieg. And it was. So, like, I was thankful for that. I like I like all the people, you know, they're saying, oh, like Elnor died, like, and they didn't even mention it, like, because he was like stationed on the Excelsior. But I think like Kurtzman or someone tweeted, it was like, oh, no, Elnor wasn't on the Excelsior when they blew it up. So like, yeah, like, I, I, I forgot all about him till I saw that tweet. But I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, he was on the Excelsior. Oh, he's dead. Well, he's dead. That is a thing that I I'm with Derek on that I don't care for. The whole like Twitter's is canon, like. There, there's a bunch of information about this season that you only know about if you're like 
following stuff on Twitter or Instagram. Like, you see Shelby on the Enterprise F. The whole reason the Enterprise F is there, this is only in a, a official Instagram post, but there's a little, like, data thing that they posted, and it says that the the Enterprise F is going to be decommissioned immediately after uh, Frontier Day. So, like, this is kind of like the last hurrah of the Enterprise F, and they're going to, you know, after this celebration, she gets sent off probably to the museum for Geordie or something. And I was like, you know, you, you could have took, like, two minutes or less to, like, do that. Like, you, you could have – that could have just been, like, a line that you, you know, dubbed in there while Geordie's walking down the hallway and you see his back or something like that. That could have been helpful because um Zach, you know, still jaw, he had questions about that. And I, I kind of, you know, filled him in on, on that bit of uh, information. I was laughing at uh Mike and Rich talking about it where, you know, he was like, like, of course, Riker's having a good time. Like he just watched the two women who gave him the most back talk in the series die on screen. Oh, yeah. I was like, they were saying that it was like his fantasy, like, because they were talking about like whose fantasy is it? And he's like, yeah, Riker, I just watched the two women that back talked to him get blown away. Uh, uh, something else I appreciated, like when Riker gets captured, I was like, oh man, we're going to have some like episode where he's like tortured and interrogated and they beat the shit out of him for a whole episode. And I was like, you know, they're going to have some changeling pretend to be Deanna and he gives her a cold and screws up or something. They didn't do that. Like, he gets punched in the face like two or three times and that's it. Like, the next time we see him, like, he's with Deanna and they're all like trying to reconcile and everything. They're cracking jokes. And I was like, you know, I'm glad you totally sidestepped that. Like, that was the, you know, not to keep going back to Red Letter Media, but like, that was a good, that was a good subversion of my expectations. I expected some uncomfortable, you know, 20 minute interrogation scene with Riker. And I didn't want that at all because I like Riker. And they totally avoided that. And I was like, oh man, I'm glad. Because yeah. like, if this had been like, kind of like Mike said, if this was like the writers of season two or whatever, like, that would have been a whole episode where they like break record down and beat the shit out of him or something. So, um, you guys never thought it was Luexana Troy that was the big villain because she was mad at the card <laughs> for, for hooking up to that, that little Romulan housekeeper or whatever after all those years. I, there's somebody they totally forgot about. Like, she's there in the first episode and she goes off to her little trip or whatever. Yeah. Never hear from her again. I, I kind of figured you would complain about the 12 like uh, Return of the King endings of this, but I was like, you know, they didn't even include her in the 12, like, Return of the King endings in this, like, last mm, episode. No, they they no, completely no. forgot about her, and I was like, yeah, you know what that's intentional? You, you know what bothered me was that, and, and and maybe maybe you can prove me wrong with this, but this is just my perspective of those those multiple endings. Like, wasn't there a time skip in one of them? Like, what, what, I felt like I was watching it, and then they're like, you know, two years later, and I'm like, they didn't even change fucking clothes. Like, what do you mean two years later or whatever no, it, it was? It says one year later after the, at the, at a certain point. In the, oh, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one part where it was one year later, but then they cut to the bridge of the D and I'm like, they're still wearing the same clothes they wore at the end of the fucking battle. What do you mean one year later? But whatever. I don't know. I mean, if they really wanted it to be a year later, they could have, you know, I don't know. Adam, we're something different. I think if you look, 
because Crusher is now an admiral, she's actually wearing a Starfleet uniform and not some black leather thing. And when, mm-hmm. you, when they're in that little travel pod thing. Okay. Nice. Well, like I said, I think all the emotional beats like really were like, and I think that's due to down to like pretty good and committed acting. Like, I think all the emotional stuff like really like hit with me. Like I, I, I got a lump in my throat when Roe died. Like I, like, I feel like that was like a, you know, they sealed off a plot thread from like, you know, that went unresolved from, you know, the series or whatever. And I, I was like, oh man, like, and, and then I think I also got kind of uh, verklempt when you know data was like going through all his memories and whatever and he had spot and i was like oh like you know that's that, i thought that was a really touching scene as well this is spot this simple creature managed something quite miraculous something of which I did not know I was capable. In a way, he taught me to love. He is the best of me, the last of me. Yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, this is a big, what do they call it, like, fix-fick or whatever. Like, you know, like this is like a... It, this is what they probably like Nick Spencer wanted to do with his amazing Spider-Man run, but wasn't allowed to do by like editorial or, or whatever. Like they were like, let's put, they got someone who was like, you know, who actually, you know, they got someone who actually watched the series and not just the movies to like, you know, do the writing on this, I feel like. So, and they, they got, uh, the the deeper, more subtle strokes of the characters, uh, like down instead of the really broad strokes that you would only get from watching like the movies or whatever. They remember that Data and Geordi are best friends. Like, I I feel like War falling asleep on the Enterprise D bridge at the end. Like, I feel like that's Derek. <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That was good. I liked that. <laughs> I, I saw some, like I was watching that scene on YouTube earlier today, and I looked at the comments, and like one of them was like, "Warp one, Warf one hundred percent deserve that nap." <laughs> I deserve all my naps as well. I'll Derek deserves his nap. I mean, there was there was stuff that kind of like you know reeked of new trek or whatever like you know like when you know <laughs> like kind of like when riker's like oh you got a phaser in that sword or whatever and like you know Worf's like yum yum like you know well, not, not not literally but he's like you know swords are fu- uh, swords are fun or something like like that's 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 skirting the line but, but i like how said, riker i liked how riker could barely even lift the thing he's like holy crap yeah holy shit this thing is heavy yeah that was yeah funny. it's like they made a bat laugh like it was uh mew mew or something I like how they um they restrain themselves and you know at the end when Seven's commanding the new Enterprise like she's like you know what what's gonna be your your catchphrase or whatever and like you know it fades out or cuts away before she says it so it well, wasn't see, like but that that's the thing like that that has the potential to be awesome if you never find out what it is but guess what never... they're gonna make a show and then when it when it becomes and yum yum you know or whatever. <laughs> Yum, says, yum. you know then then at that point then you're gonna be like oh oh well it's like you know it contrasts with that 
new strange new worlds trailer where it's like Spock's like I'll make ship go now like or whatever like it's supposed to be like ha 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 but no one's really laughing they want you to laugh but no one is in the mystery and vastness of space we come together so many crew members from so many planets, everyone on their own journey. Ready for some fancy flying, Erica? Oh, you know I've got this. I'm thinking it's a sign that the freckles in our eyes are mirrors. Meet James Kirk. You have an energy. What? It's making me sweat. I used to think of myself as always alone. Not on this ship. Through great wonders and great danger. The next great age of exploration starts with us. Are you gonna say your thing? Everyone in the chair has their thing. I would like the ship to go. Now. Never seen a revolving door before. I'm from space. Who are you? Who do you think I am? Don't tell me. You're from outer space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Oh, well, I was close. I mean, I knew outer space was going to come into this sooner or later. I liked when President Chekhov showed up. Oh, yeah. And it, his, he was named uh, Anton after mm -hmm. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, that was kind of nice. You would think that, uh, well, obviously, uh, I was going to say Scotty must be dead by now. Like, like, I mean, I know he survived into the future, but like, he's got to be dead by now. But what do you, what did you like, Justin? You probably took more note of this than I did. But what did you guys think of like that whole like Section Thirty One warehouse where they they apparently have like Kirk's body and they have like all this like the like the Genesis device and they have all this shit like locked away like. I I mean, I guess that's typical for Section 31. I don't know. I, I'm kind of on... I don't know how to feel about Section 31. Like, I... It's something from Deep Space Nine I liked, but I think... I think I've seen too much of it, and they're going to do a Section 31 movie with uh, Michelle Yeoh now. So I'm kind of... I don't know. I think I'd like to have a break from Section 31 stuff, but like them having all that stuff, I mean, makes sense. Like they got the Genesis device, they got Kirk's body, they had Picard's body, they got uh, what else did I see in there? Oh, they had, they had the attack triple, and I think they had the little Thaleron device. You know, the thing that kills the Romulan senators at the beginning of Nemesis, uh. like that tiny little thing. Like I think you see that like on one of those panels. So. I mean, they're 
basically that stuff is like Easter eggs for guys like us to like try and spot like the fleet museum, like, you know, like I, I was the guy who like paused it and rewound it and was like trying to figure out some of these ships. Cause I was like, Ooh, like that there's archers enterprise, but it's the refit version. You know, like, like I bet that other ships, the stargazer, and like, you know, trying to figure out like all those other ships, like the Excelsior was in there too. I don't think you, you can just barely kind of make it out. And then going back to the Twitters as canon, I think there's a list that one of the producers posted, and it tells you, like, every single ship on there. And I guess that Klingon Battlecruiser is Kronos 1 from Star Trek Six. Huh. I think they said you could see, like, they, they have the um, Borg Queen from First Contact in there, too. Hmm. I didn't like spot her, that. her remains, like, even though technically she should be the same character, but like, I guess, you know, her husk or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense that your nefarious organization would like want to gather up all this stuff and either use it for their own means or just keep it locked down so that no one could have it. Uh, them having another Genesis device, I'm like, well, is this one, you know, is this one going to like blow your planet up like the first one did because it was made with proto matter and it was unstable or is this like a perfected version like like to me that like opens the door for like you know novels and stuff like who made the second genesis device like like the whole like Rolaren uh backstory like she came back to starfleet and she's working for starfleet intelligence i'm like well, that's a book and i kind of want to read that book yeah there was like plenty of stuff that like you know, that I think there's like much more stuff to like, you know, discuss, like, you know, and, and like be legitimately interested in than there was in like the first two seasons. Like, does anyone really want to see like, you know, more on that, like, you know, synthoid like thing from the season one? Like, I don't feel like no one like no one really wanted to follow up from it for like with any of that shit from season one or season two. But all this stuff is like, I feel more interesting and more fertile ground for, well, I mean, if Derek is right, like to ruin in the future or whatever, but. Never seen a revolving door before. I'm from space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Like there was a novel that tied into some of that stuff in the first season of Picard, but it was mostly like a uh, Romulan evacuation and dealing with Romulan refugees. And like, I feel like they only just kind of, kind of skirted the synthoid stuff. So you're kind of right about like that. Like, I don't think anyone wanted, even some of their like novelists, I, I, they didn't even really want to tackle that whole synth thing because like that goes against, you know, the whole uh, data's trial thing. Like if you make a whole bunch of these guys, like you're making a slave race and they, you know, as you said, like they only watched the movies. They didn't watch the TV show or they would know that. You know what? One, one thing, one last thing I was going to mention, um, they kind of made a big deal of like Moriarty coming back, but he was only mm -hmm. like in one scene. And then that, that was like, it. and I was like, Oh, I thought that he was going to be like a, like, I feel like one of the trailers made it seem like Moriarty was going to be the villain or something like of the season. But like, yeah, they, they they made it seem like Lore and Moriarty were working together. That was kind of like my thought going into it. And then and then you get blindsided with Changelings and you're like, wait a minute, Changelings. I thought Lore and Moriarty were like are gonna be our bad guys. And then I mean, I like that episode. And I like all the little, you know, like you've got the crow and Pop goes the weasel and all that stuff. Like I, I thought those were like nice little callbacks. Like I, I don't know, I 
to me, there's like a, when you do stuff like that, you're walking a balance beam and you have to try to, you don't want to overload it or you fall off. It's like, to me, like this is the good walking the balance beam. Whereas, you know, I guess like the red later media guys, like them watching like rogue one, like they fell off the balance beam because they clearly thought that was like an overload of stuff. But I, I don't know, like uh, the Easter eggs, whether it was in the Daystrom uh, Section 31 site or the Fleet Museum or the musical riffs hearkening back to some of the old movies. Like, I thought all that stuff was fine and it worked for me. Like, I didn't feel like it was overloading me with member berries or anything. I think, like like I said, I think that the scaffolding was stable for this, like, the member berries. Like, I think, you know, it was supported by strong acting, like, you know, a, a fast-moving, engaging plot and, like, you know, just... I think ultimately, I think all I forgave all the blatant like nostalgia pulls and member berries because I felt they had the proper like, you know, support and weight behind them. So yes. and maybe maybe part of it is, too, that we were, you know, we were abused so much that like we're, you know, all of a sudden we'll we'll accept a helping hand up. And, you know, maybe like Derek said, we're about to be sweep kicked again or whatever and knocked on our asses. But like for now, like I, I'm Dude. pretty Kurt, Kurtzman, Kurtzman is just there in the background going, sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Get ready to sweep the leg. I like the, in that those red letter media reviews where they show all those like interview clips with Kurtzman. And it's like, you know, they're trying to point out, oh, he seems like he's like seething with resentment, basically, about how well received this was. But I like how they had all those uh, Will Wheaton clips and they make him look like an absolute friggin' wanker. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause he is. Cause he is. I think Beverly should have been like, like, oh, I got Jack now. I don't even need Wesley anymore. <laughs> I was waiting for her to like mess up and be like, I've only got one son. Like, well, you technically have two, but I get what you're saying. Like, I was kind of waiting for that one, but that never showed up. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, the dude who played Jack. Like, I like mm -hmm. I said, I think he was super likable and like. Even if he was like the new main, like, you know, special, like chosen one character, I think they did a good balance with him being flawed and vulnerable at certain appropriate times. Yeah, they, they, he was he was good. In fact, that's that's why you look at my avatar. It's like that's why I picked that avatar Picard, like hugging his son, because I feel like that's like Picard saying, like, I'm so sorry, like for the last two seasons, like, you know, boy. <laughs> Again, we're 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 supposed to be Jack. We're we're Jack is our like eye level character. Like it's like, you know, we're so sorry. I think uh, um I think I think Shaw is my eye level character, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like you I went think... along you that's true though, like Derek. You like you went along for the ride, you had like severe reservations the entire time. And then finally, at the end, you just died, and you were like, "I'm not coming back to this." Like, yep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mike and I tricked you into coming along on this voyage, and you died because of it. So. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen, in your wild cowboy ways. I will now go fuck off and be ghost, Derek. <laughs> I loved um, my favorite line of Shaw's was when. Uh, you know, when they were returning to Starfleet and he was like, uh, I'll let you guys alone to get your bullshit story straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, 
I were I really liked it. It worked on me. Like the magic trick worked on me. Like maybe like Derek said, I'm about to be like bashed in the back of the head with a folding chair or something, but it's okay. Like maybe this time I'll turn around and I'll see it in time and yeah, be able to dodge duck, it. Duck, duck, duck. All right. Well, then I guess if that's it, if anyone has any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us, me in particular, angry, angry emails, and we can be direct downloaded. This is our proper Fanholes Podcast show. You can direct download episodes over on the blog spot. That's fanholespodcast.blogspot.com, in addition to all our other shows. And we can be streamed. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we can be found on social media. We're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike, and I'm just a dipshit from Chicago. And this is Justin. Make it so. thought you were a dipshit from Rhode Island. Yes. I was just quoting Shaw. And and Picard. He was like, even though you're a dipshit from Chicago. Make it so. Engage. What else? <laughs> it would have been great if, like, you know, when that last dramatic scene when the D is launching and, like, you know, it, it zooms in on Picard when they're about to leave the dock and he's like, Earl Grey tea, hot. <laughs> like, uh, oh, wait, wrong, wrong catchphrase. <laughs> What if what if Seven's uh, line is dilate the pupils when she uh, makes people launch? <laughs> She's like, fun will now commence. Commence the fun.
We are, we are, we are of one. <laughs> yeah.